The Premier League season is over, but we still have the Champions League and Europa League to come. And Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorer. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favorite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals, and more to create your own personalized bet. And if you can't watch the games live with Bet365 Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favorite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from the Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Pod on the Time. My name is Taylor Payne, and this is your go-to Newcastle United podcast brought to you by The Athletic. With a little change of uh, a squad rotation today, as Sergeant Waffles is away on his sausage tour of Europe. Uh, that doesn't sound good at all. Um, it's, he's, he's just away on his jollies, basically. So we're, uh, we've drafted in a special guest, and it's a voice that you'll recognise, a, a man that we've had on the podcast before, Alex Hurst from uh, NUST. And, of course, as always, we have the wonderful Mr George Colgan here as well. George, how are you doing? All right. I can only imagine how very offensive it is to Alex to be uh, told that we're the go-to uh, Newcastle United <laughs> podcast. And of course, Alex is also um, uh, uh, part of the brilliant True Faith podcast. Also go-to well. True Faith as well. Also. Yeah, and who are our great, great friends and indeed allies. Indeed. I wouldn't be doing podcasts if it wasn't for True Faith. And that is the absolute truth. Uh, Alex, how are you doing? You all right? How's your lockdown beard? Is it all right? We locked down beards getting there. Um, I was informed by my barber that it is still illegal in this country to get a beard trim. Um, is that right? At the moment, yeah, yeah, you can only get your hair cut. So I've had, I've had to kind Ooh. of do it myself. But you've got loads of great products that I hear on the show every week about shaving. So I've, uh, <laughs> they're not for your beard, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Alex is. A- you could go down that route. <laughs> yeah, I Alex's only um, Alex's only request when I asked him to come on the show was that he didn't have to talk about manscaping in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Alex, just a quiet week for you, eh? Just, a, just a quiet one. Not much happened. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's all going swimmingly, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, late, late, late nights, early mornings, trying yeah. to fit things in around real life. Um, uh, you know, it's just been it's just been absolutely crazy. It's been, it's been apart from the absolutely disastrous news about the takeover fall through. Everything mm. apart from that has been really positive with with thousands of people trying trying to make a difference in something which is really important to them. George, how have you been filling your time this week? Then now that the uh, now that the takeover's collapsed, you just uh, been just lying around just in by... your smoking jacket, just just feeling sad. Moonbeams. No, just feeling sad, really. Just feeling something moonbeams. Yeah. Oh, I mean, trying to sort of make sense of it and get your head around it, and yeah. um, you know, sort of thinking about what what might happen next. And you know, I think that's one of the reason I was going to try and get through this show without using the phrase "you know," and I was going to get a Donut our producer to sort of actually bleep out every time I said it, but I've already failed, and I forgot to mention that anyway. Um, <laughs> I. And one of the reasons I think we both thought, Taylor, that it would be great to get Alex on the show is to sort of talk about that and talk about what's happening now. I think we do have the duty to to sort of reflect what is or isn't happening in terms of the takeover and also the the impact and effect that fans can have and supporters can have and, you know, the important role that the trust has already played for 
for Newcastle fans and you know can oh, just done it again um can do you know can do moving forward and mm. i think that's you know i think it's important that people understand the benefit of the trust and yeah. the clue for this club is in its name Newcastle United you know this is really the only voice that there is to be heard on a national level and Alex has already uh, you know done great work on that over the over the last few mm, months yeah. and longer and it will be very important moving moving forward and they have a very specific role that's being played now which uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about the important thing for me this week as well was reading a lot of the stuff on, on social media and, and the reactions to what's been going on and the fallout from the takeover. I, I was really impressed with a lot of people and, and how the, the trust was kind of used uh, as a, as this this vehicle that we're all now, we're all going to try and get behind this vehicle because it is the best way to make our voices heard as fans. The other thing I wanted to speak about and I wanted to kind of get people a bit more aware of is, is exactly what the trust is and what it does. And I know we've had this conversation with you in the past, Alex, but I still get the the feeling that there's people who are either not informed well enough about what the trust is and what it does, or they have preconceived ideas about what it is. And I just want to kind of update that information for people a little bit as well. So if if you can give us the kind of potted version of, of what the trust is and what it does to kick us off. Of course, and for me, and I'm biased, but if I'm, you know, I think only Class United fans should join. Uh, I don't see any negatives to joining. The Trust is a, is a vehicle and an organisation that exists to represent Newcastle United fans as a single body to both the football club and the football authorities, and in particular the Premier League, because that's the league in which we operate. I mean, the Trust will exist if if the insanely unlikely event of a relegation under Mike Ashley happens again. The Trust will still <laughs> exist and try and ex- represent yeah. fans to, to, the, to the EFL or whichever league we end up in. I don't know. Let's not even try and think about that right now. Mm. Um, but yeah, so 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 we exist to kind of try and provide a, a unique voice for fans, and it's it's democratically elected. We'll have elections every year. There'll be elections later this year. If you listen to this and you think you can make a difference and you want uh, to come on the board, we ha- we'll have a lot of plans later this year to try and kind of democratize even further by having committees and subcommittees, and without trying yeah. to make it really really boring, like some sort of like weird sex yeah. that has thousands of people trying to make a single decision. Ultimately, what we want to do is represent the voice of Newcastle fans. And you've seen with that petition that went around, which I think I think it's got sixty thousand signatures at the minute. Yeah. So that's that's really positive. That's like that's like sixty thousand people and, and probably more by the time that this goes out, who are coming together to, to give one unified message of Newcastle United supporters. And I, I, yeah. I put this in my, my member update um on Sunday. And, you know, we are famous as Newcastle United fans because we'll have a, a really loud voice. It's a bit of a crude way of saying it, but we'll shout louder than anyone else. When we're yeah. at the match, we're in, we're in, a, in an away end. When St. James's yeah. is rocking, it is simply the best place to be in, 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 the, in yeah. the country for football. And yet when, it, when it's like when we leave the ground, everyone kind of dissects and, and, and fails to unify. And like, I don't need to give people listening a, a history of Newcastle United fan action over the past 13 years, but it hasn't gone great. <laughs> And that's not no. to try and you know put down the people that have tried, and and lots of people have tried and have tried really hard and put a lot of good time and effort in and have success in some areas, but but ultimately whenever anyone has tried to do something to try and unite people, there's always been accusations of egos or self interest. It doesn't exist at the trust. I'll tell you now, being being the chair of the trust is an awful job for your family <laughs> and for yeah. your time. Like it's ter- it's yeah. terrible for your social life. It's not something I do yeah, out it. of any gate pleasure, and I would always try and warn anyone in the future because i won't do it forever 
that it's a, it's a serious commitment and it's not much fun. It's a lot of time um, speaking to people and trying to convince them of things and like going in and speaking to Lee Charney, it needs to happen, but it's not a particularly enjoyable experience. It's not the kind of yeah. thing I wake up in the morning, like, I can't wait for this today. Um, so, <laughs> you know, the, the trust exists for Newcastle United fans. Like the, the football yeah. club exists for us, but that's not particularly unifying. And if and if you can't get behind the football club, which lots of people feel they can't at the minute for, for various reasons, mm-hmm. you can get behind the trust. It, it simply exists for you to try and make our voice louder. And we speak to the Premier League and we spoke to the Premier League in the summer. And I know, I know, we all fucking hate the Premier League at the minute, so I'll say it quietly. Um, <laughs> but the Premier League did do us a massive favour in the summer because we, we met with the Premier League. We said, ninth, the other nineteen people in this meeting, um, we spoke to Bill Bush, who, by the way, is an integral had had an integral role in this takeover process. Reportedly on the board at Chelsea, but I, I don't know. I'm not going to go into that too much. But um, no conflict of interest there. But so you know, we said to him, everyone else in this room has at least had confirmation they're going to get refunds for tickets from the games that have been postponed or you know played behind closed doors for COVID. And he said, well, that's probably because they've tried to kick the decision round down the road to new owners, which is true. But he also said, leave it with me. I'll get back to you next week. Within 24 hours, a statement came out from Newcastle United, and I got a call from someone at Newcastle United to say thanks for that. If you hadn't nudged the Premier League, this probably wouldn't have been resolved. So the Premier League and that relationship that we have with them like, has been beneficial to, to... I mean, I still haven't got my refund for the season ticket money, but never mind. At least at least they've said it's coming. Um, and, you know, if you think back to the last time I was on the show with you you two guys, that was that was the major issue at the time. It was like the takeover was happening, but we're being, you know, we're being denied of this money. And, and I did speak to Amanda Staley, which we're going to get, get on to, and... You know, in that call with me, and as I'm sure she'll told you, she was she was like, we the first thing we would have done is paid everyone back immediately, and the first mm. thing we would have done is brought everyone back off furlough. So there are things happening at Newcastle United that would love to change, but that relationship with the Premier League is something that we are really keen, obviously, to speak to the Premier League yeah. about this failed takeover. I can't promise anyone any answers, but what I can promise you is that if we have thirty thousand members or a hundred thousand members, we're a hell of a lot harder to ignore than. 10,000 or up to yeah. whatever it is now because 3,000 people have joined since Sunday. You know, United, our voice is louder. Whether you've got misconceptions or whether you're, they're genuine concerns, number one, I'll speak to you. Send us mm-hmm. an email and I'll happily speak to anyone about the trust and, 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 and try and allay any fears. And number two, even if you do have those, it costs a quid. It's, it's two quid to join and it's one pound a year from thereafter. Yeah. What, what, what an opportunity we've now got as Newcastle United fans, not just in the next week or the next month. If this takeover doesn't go through and we don't get answers we want from the Premier League, we're, we're going to have to really try and go through some some genuine routes. And, and unless we're united together, you, we cannot give our detractors a reason to ignore us and, and reasons to ignore us. And Newcastle United, in my opinion, have done this for years, have, have used or potentially in previous regimes weaponized the disharmony between the fans to ignore mm. all of them. By, by saying, yeah. well, you know, the, these guys are a pop look at social media, they're getting a kick and they don't represent anyone. We have got yeah. to do better than that as a fan base and we cannot let the Premier League away with this, in my opinion. I think that's so powerful. That is so powerful and yeah. it's so important. There is a there is power in a union, I mean, to, to, to borrow that phrase, but there truly is. And a lot of the time, it's not the sexy stuff and a lot of the time, you know, stuff might be done behind the scenes in terms of the trust advocating on behalf of supporters on things that are sort of profoundly, you know, un, un, unsexy or unnewsworthy and things like that. But then mm. also 
they're all, they're, they're really important, whether it's ticket pricing or or whatever, having a dialogue with the club. But there are also times when having that voice is really important that it's that it's magnified and amplified and this is precisely a moment like that and i would urge everybody to 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 join the trust i really would i'm a i'm happy to admit that i'm a member and um i think the work the work that they've done to date has been very important and yeah i mean and so let's maybe we should talk about what's happening now and Let's have a conversation about about that chat you had with Amanda Staveley. Why yeah, you felt that definitely. was in, why you felt that was important, and um, where we stand at the moment. Yeah, I, I read your piece with interest, as I do. All, I read all of your pieces with interest, George, on the Athletic, and uh, I, I just I just saw. I mean, first of all, the the pure emotion <laughs> that came from that was just so powerful. I think I think it was one of the most traumatic things I've ever read from a football perspective. And it was just, it was was one line in it, which was, um, you know, Amanda said kind of, we need the fans, it's up to fans now to let the Premier League know how we feel. And I felt that as, as someone, as a, as a group, A, that I think represents fans genuinely and democratically and beyond mm-hmm. just Twitter. Um, and B, with the links that we'll have to the Premier League, I thought it would be interesting to speak to her through you, George, um, and and find out exactly how she felt about about fans and what she meant in terms of that unifying call and and what fans could do. So I thought that was, you know, it was a call to arms, and that's what a lot of people have have labelled it as. And it's almost unique in that, isn't it? Because you know, we we support a football club that like doesn't even really try to sell tickets anymore. Um, you know, there's no radio <laughs> advertising or anything like yeah. that. It's just kind of like turn up if you want. If you don't, it's fine. And <laughs> that that was yeah. that passion and that energy <laughs> that came from fixtures, that piece. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and that passion and energy just uh, n- never has. I don't think, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up, up George's arse here. I don't think a, like a single article has energised a fan base as much. And I just thought if we could take that with Amanda a little bit further and find out what she meant and and see that she was willing, because you know, George, you, I'm sure you can explain more like how how emotional that interview was. You know, I, d- I didn't want to, you know, do things that that, that she or or her colleagues in the consultant didn't want us to do. Um, and, and I just thought that phone call was was necessary um, for us to f- kind of find out the best way to support them because forget about me as a supporter, I'm I'm the head of a, a member-led organisation and that um, survey we did back in April with 96.7% of members in favour of this takeover, it's gone around the world. I've, I've never seen a, a survey as quoted as much in, in media and, and that we it, my job is to try and represent our members as best as possible. And my members, as Newcastle United supporters, are desperate for this takeover to go through. So if we yeah. can help in even the smallest way, um, we're, we're, that's what we're going to do. And I thought that, you know, that conversation, and, and let's be clear, the fact that she was willing to talk to me, it's nothing to do with me. It's, it's, the, it's the trust and it's, it's George's yeah. contact. That, that just means a lot. That, in that interview with you, George, and that conversation with me, it was a genuine conversation, um, is more than we've had in the last 13 years, which is incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the thing to say at that point is that she was there was no hesitation on her behalf in about speaking to the about speaking to the trust, and I think that that gives an indication about why you know why the trust is important. I mean, if I'd rung up and said, you know, there's a very nice Newcastle fan who I like who would like to chat to you, then you know, <laughs> perhaps there would be that perhaps yeah. perhaps would have been a different different answer. But the fact is that Alex is 
representing an official fans group and representing a lot of people. And that vo and again, that's why this voice is important. And is it about doing a recruitment drive for, for the for the trust? Well, yeah, exactly. As Alex said earlier, if the trust has thirty thousand members or fifty thousand members or a hundred thousand members, people will take it more seriously. And so, you know, that's that's the point. It opens doors and. You know, mm. I, I I can't I can't sort of re-emphasize re how important that is. I think I think we we need to talk now a bit about where things stand because we are in this very strange situation now. I mean, the whole situation, let's face it, has been weird from from day one, going back all those months. But we are now in a very kind of peculiar position where, as of last Thursday, the consortium trying to buy the club announced their formal withdrawal from the process and yet here we are where everybody is still announcing their commitment to the deal which is really quite strange and how you you know the the takeover itself or the purported takeover whatever you want to call it picking a way through it and you know amongst all the noise that's kind of surrounded it good and bad has been very difficult and that sadly in some ways hasn't got any any easier now that it's over because it's over and it's also not over the last thing i yeah. want to do i've said this repeatedly the last thing i want to do is provide people with a full sense of hope so let's let, let's try and let's try and sort of examine where things stand now so they they yeah. pulled out on on thursday but there was a very quick recommitment if that's the right word from from firstly amanda staverly um and then from the others connected to the group and then indeed from Mike Ashley that there was still a commitment to this deal so what does that mean <laughs> what does that mean if they've pulled out so maybe Alex maybe from your perspective I'd like to hear what you sort of what, what you think about that and about the sort of strange position we find ourselves in now I think there's two things from a trust perspective there's no there's number one what can we do to help this takeover go through and in that news that you've just said there and that update is is like it is promising it's you know what is promising than it being completely dead, <laughs> you know, anything above that. So I don't think it's quite a case of, you know, it, it sounds like it's back on to me, but there's two things. Number one, we want to try and help with the takeover process. And even if the takeover doesn't go through, things have to change with the Premier League. This this shouldn't happen again, both to Newcastle United or, or to be frank, any Premier League club. And we're going to be reaching out to, um, to some of the other supporters' trusts to try and get them to lobby the Premier League as well. It's not just about Newcastle, this. You know, I spoke yeah. to someone in in government recently, um, who's kind of been trying to keep me up to date from from their end, and they said that everyone in government pretty much just sees the Premier League as a law unto itself, and that that's that's not right. So, from what you're saying there, you know, great. If, if there's any chance of doing this, it's great because that's I think everyone, us three, everyone listening, Mike Ashley, everyone knows that the immediate short term health of Newcastle United relies on this takeover going through. We're now four weeks away from next season and it it's just it's just unthinkable to think that we're going to be kicking off again with the same gang in charge and if if, the, if there's anything to be done that we can do to help in terms of lobbying government to try and make a change whether whether for the short term the long term we're going to do it because it, this is and you mentioned it there george going back to right from the start it's just been weird and part of that weirdness has just been you know the inability of the Premier League to communicate, and you know Richard Masters. We've heard him a couple of times doing other yeah. events or in front of the Select Committee of Parliament, kind of pushing it, and, and and even then, just 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 giving absolutely nothing away. Well, things have got to change, and it goes back to what we had a chat off air, George, before 
um, if there were no Newcastle fans, there would be no takeover. If there were no football fans, there would be no Premier League. So the Premier League needs a reminder of who it actually exists for. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's the sort of I don't want to say the key part of this because obviously, you know, if there is a chance, if there is a chance of the takeover being uh, being resurrected in some some form, and we'll maybe come on to that. But if there is, then that's fine and uh, important for me. It's the same thing as watching football with nobody in the stadium. It becomes something else. It becomes something else. It's a different sport, and it is a reminder that. And and I know this gets misty-eyed and and all that shit, but it's a reminder <laughs> that um, a club. What is a club? A club is a collection of people who are brought together for a common cause, and. Um, you know, without those people, the club ceases to exist. Now, I know it, it it exists in terms of a business. I know it exists in terms of all those other things. But these are community assets. And again, this is another reason why the trust is important. To serve as that conscience, to serve as that conscience and to remind people that it is, a, to remind people that it is about people. And yeah. I think there is a, I think the cause of pushing the Premier League and football in general, by the way, not just the Premier League, to embrace a form of transparency, to speak to people in a language that is both human and recognisable and understandable is incredibly important. I think we have to, you know, I think there has to be caveats with things like this. I am not suggesting for a moment that the Premier League is the devil and I'm not suggesting that, <laughs> I'm not even suggesting that they've got something wrong in this in this whole process because the point is we don't know. We've heard one side of it and that side of it is very persuasive because it's what people want to hear because it's the people yeah. trying to buy the club but we don't know you know we do not know i do have a, a measure of empathy for them because they've been stuck in the middle of this like you know like newcastle fans have like newcastle the club has and it sometimes felt like it's been a long long way removed from this football club that's based in the northeast of england trying to get kind of get better it's felt like this has been transposed to the middle east and it's become something else the premier league have been in the middle of it as well and i'm sure just like the main parties kind of laughably have been tied to non-disclosure agreements they are as well and all of that thing all of that stuff must be very difficult but at the end of it there has to be a better way for things like this to be dealt with and there has to be a way as i say for football to to speak to the people that make up clubs and uh, for processes like this to be gone through, whether it's about having independent uh, independent bodies looking at uh, owners and directors test or or whatever, there just has to be a better way than this because it's 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 intolerable. And they've, whether wittingly or unwittingly, they've made this ordeal worse. And I've said this to Alex in our just in our chats that. I think that's a noble cause to fight for. It might not benefit Newcastle this time around, but it might benefit others. Yeah, I've had that conversation with people as well, where they're saying, "Well, it's done and it's it's dead now. So what are you what are you still kind of kicking your kicking your feet about?" And I think part of it is from a football fan's point of view. You, you, I wouldn't like to see anybody else go through this, but they really shouldn't have to. Do you know what I mean? There should be there should be systems and there should be processes in place to ensure that this kind of thing doesn't happen. And and when there is a takeover or a big decision that needs to be made, it's done with transparency and it's not smoke and mirrors and it's not hidden behind jargon and all that sort of stuff. And it's just, again, it's another 
example of the fans being the last ones to know of being left out the loop when anything to do with football that's important is is being decided and we're always always the ones at the bottom of the pile with stuff like this whether it's to do with standing in stadiums or whether it's to do with away days being uh, rescheduled for tv and stuff like that we are always the last ones to be considered when it comes to this because as you've said in the past george the money talks and it's all about it's all about the money and it always will be and I mean, I, 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 the, the feelings have been a bit raw over the last couple of days. And I have to be honest, when we when we recorded that podcast on Thursday or Friday morning when it was, after the news broke, I probably wasn't in the best place to be speaking about this because I had just kind of, it, it had exhausted me completely. I had run out of energy for it. But now, a couple of days later, having seen the things that I've seen on Twitter happening and on, on social media, the stuff that's came out of the trust, the conversations, reading the articles on The Athletic and all that sort of stuff. There's a, a renewed sort of sense of of determination and, and actually it's fueled by quite a lot of anger. This isn't going away. Do you know what I mean? We're not going away. We're not going to like, we're not just going to sit down this time. It's just, it has, something has to change now because if it doesn't, we'll continue like this for the next 10, 20, 30 years where Fans are always the last ones to be thought of. We're at the bottom of the pile. We're the ones getting the shit shoveled on us from above. And we're the ones who keep this going. And without us, the whole lot collapses. And they need to start remembering that. Well said. Hi there, I'm David Ornstein, and I've launched a brand new show on YouTube, Ask Ornstein, where I answer questions from our athletic subscribers. To get your question answered, simply leave a comment at the bottom of my column every Monday, and I'll choose my favourites. To watch the show, head over to the TIFO Podcast YouTube channel, and a new episode will be up every Tuesday afternoon. I was just going to say, you make a, you make a good point about, <laughs> about money. Money does talk, and, and, and kind of football fans themselves sometimes forget where that money comes from. It doesn't come from anywhere else. It yeah. only comes from us. It comes from but, you. And George made the us. point before about TV subscriptions and, and, and the, the game tonight, and the, it's the richest game in the world. Well, why is it the richest game in the world? Because yeah. because, because we, we pay to watch it. You know, we, we pay for it. Like, it's, just, yeah. it's, it's such a weird... A weird thing that the Premier League and and, and, and like you know there's there's been some pretty serious allegations made by Amanda in, in George's piece you know about two other Premier League football clubs working against this deal and it's like even if you're a fan forget about Saudi Arabia for a minute and forget about Newcastle United I think any Premier League fan should not want other clubs to jeopardize the future of their own club the, the whole point of football it's it's eleven of your Blokes trying to take on eleven of theirs, and would we'll, we'll work out on the pitch who 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 takes away the points and who scores the most goals. And yes, mm. that's been corrupted by money and by all sorts. But but that, essentially, that is the beauty, and that's why it's it's why it's such a insanely popular game around the world. Is it now the case of oh, actually, um, my team actually gets to pick your owners, and we get to give an okay? And that's the, <laughs> Ooh, whole, the, yeah. the whole thing just makes you think, like Jesus Christ, like. How it, it, it's 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 gonna have to stop somewhere. So, some set of supporters down the line is gonna have to stand up to this, and it may as well yeah. be us because I think no one can do it better than us. So, oh, definitely not. Like let's let's do it. Let's let's take them on and 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 try and get some answers and, <clears> and the trust that that is our aim. We have we have a plan through the Football Supporters Association. We already have a request in. Um, there is a there is a meeting. Um, on the 19th scheduled with some other clubs, but we want a one-on-one meeting mm. or we'll yeah. raise it in that meeting. 
uh, on the 19th of August. But it's you know let let's let's try and and if the Premier League won't speak to us, then then they'll have to go through. We'll have to go through the the channels through our local MPs, councillors, that kind of thing. This this isn't blown over as someone once said. No, I mean you're right. You have to. I I always think about um you know like hell hath no fury like a Newcastle United fan who's been scorned and and the best days at St James's Park are when something's gone wrong early and we've had a bad decision <laughs> against us or someone's not been yeah but you know you know like I don't mean like something's gone wrong early as in we've shanked the ball into our own net or somebody didn't pick up the runner yeah, I mean yeah. when a, when a decision's gone against us yeah. or when something has has changed the course of the game unfairly against us and. And the the feeling inside that stadium is like nothing else. It's just absolutely amazing when everyone is put together to hate one thing. It, it the the power behind that is just ridiculous. And the the one that springs to mind to me, I don't know if you guys remember this. It was a few years ago, and um, we played Chelsea at home. Um, I think it was around about two thousand and twelve. Um, and in the first minute of the game, Denver Bar breaks through. Um, or maybe in Papa CC, I can't remember. It was one of the two. That was Denver Bar. Yeah, it was Denver Bar, and he got brought down by David Luiz, and he was the last man, and the ref bottled the red card. I've never heard a stadium like it in my life. The noise and the, the there was spit all over the back of my neck off the bloke behind me. It was just, <laughs> it was scary. And I thought, oh, this this ref's gonna have to sneak out of here today. And and I just remember thinking, this is this is when we're best. This is when we are. You know, this is when we're most united. Is when we we feel like the world's against us, and we're kicking and screaming to get answers. And that's what it feels like at the minute. And I hope that some of that kind of feeling can can spill over into this process, and that we can actually start to come together a little bit. Because we're never better than when we're all united like that. When we're all against one thing. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, I I remember the uh, another good example is when that bloke, that referee, decided to give. Burton Albion a free kick because Matt Richie yeah. Matt Richie scored a penalty against them. It was like no nah, no nah, yeah that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it it, t- it turned a run of the mill Tuesday night game against Burton Albion at home into this like fire pit World of War anger. Three, and uh, you had you had you had, um, you had Rafa on the pitch trying to fight him. I think yeah, just, just because it was, it, was, it was just one of those things you don't often see in the football pitch. I miss the championship sometimes. <laughs> Yes, I miss the absolute absurdity of it. Yeah, I miss winning every week. I mean, that yeah. is a good, that is a great, that was a great feeling. I don't sort of miss. Do I miss the grind of it? I don't know because then the Premier League has been a grind since the club came back there as well. So I don't know. There's a lot to be said. There's a lot to be said for winning, <clears throat> winning matches and being happy about the way your football team play, whatever the division is. It has to be said. Um, I want to ask a question, and I think this is. Go on, I think there's so much co- kind of confusion on. You know whether it's social media, and I don't know how to. I mean, at the moment, I still feel sort of exhausted by the whole thing. Mm, but the, my absolutely. question is, and I'll and I'll try and answer it as well. How how should we feel now? Do we feel sad? Do we feel angry? Do we feel? But do we feel that there's hope left, or should we be looking at next season and thinking, you know, we're in trouble here, or is it a combination of all those things? But how how should we feel, Alex, at the moment? Yeah, it, 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 there's different stages of grief, isn't there? So. It, it, I think everyone Thursday, <laughs> yeah. Friday last week was, you know, felt um, just it was a feeling of, of of devastation, and there was always that niggly feeling in the back of your mind, wasn't there? Like everything had come and gone. Every checkpoint, so you were like, oh well, they've got to do project restart, so that's yeah. fair enough. Pro- you know, then it was like, right, well, the games are going on, and they've got to concentrate on 
all that. And then they've got to get the end of season out of the way. And once kind of you got to the start of last week after that dreadful Liverpool game that were played, it, you know, it, it, doubt really started to creep in. And the fact that it was clear that, you know, that Steve Bruce, for God's sake, was coming out and saying, like, give us a decision. And, and yeah. even if even Steve Bruce couldn't move the bastards, no one can. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was just, it was just, yeah, so it, it fell off, but there was that awful feeling and at the trust we kind of spoke and just thought like jesus christ what we're going to do here and am i going to have to go back to lee Thornley and say come have a meeting um and probably yes we will if, if things go yeah. back and, and then i think your piece george like i said earlier kind of galvanized people and to hear from someone as influential as amanda Staveley and to hear the emotion and the passion and and get the inside story and you know what it was forget about what she said it was just communicative it was just yeah. here's what's happened here's how we feel and again, it was just so alien to what we're used to from from not just Newcastle but football at the minute that then galvanised mm. people and the the feed you know three thousand three thousand extra people have joined the trust on Sunday. That's a lot of Newcastle fans. It's a lot of people mm. that fit in your living room if you want to just try to and give talk a, to them. It's yeah, just to give a massively shameless plug as well, Alex. That that uh, piece that you're talking about, that article with the interview with Amanda Staveley, is is available to read for free on the Athletic dot com at the minute. If you visit athletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod and take advantage of the 30 day free trial, I have to get that in. Otherwise, my contract will be finished and I will be fed, uh, mashed up and shaped into sausages and fed to Chris. That's how it works. So I have to get those little plugs in now and again. But no, sorry, go on, carry on. Yeah, I think that's George's question. There is a little, there is a feeling of of unity coming uh, between the fan base and people are energised and people want to do something i mean i put on twitter yesterday i got over three and a half thousand emails over the weekend which is nice bloody hell it creates its own problems but then it, penis and margarine pills again is it <laughs> um, <laughs> i keep getting so, them myself someone, mate do you know what i mean it's, i keep getting someone, them myself it's the ones from my girlfriend that really hurt <laughs> someone uh someone's been listening to some local podcast and signed me up for some sort of pubic hair trimming they don't, they don't about that but yeah, and, and, and most of them were uh, people wanting to show us what they've done, saying, here's what we've sent to Chiyon who's been great, by the way, with all this. Here's what we've sent oh, yeah. to RMP. Here's what we've sent to Richard Masters. And it, that, that wasn't people who were doing that um, because of the trust. That was people off their own back who've taken a couple of hours out of their day to try and make a difference. So you, you, you have this this massive people who are, who are angry, who want answers. And at the supporters' trust, listen, I'm not going to accuse the Premier League of any wrongdoing or anything like that if they speak to us and give us answers. The problem yeah. you've got, and people talk about corruption and stuff like that, is because they don't speak to anyone, because they, because they don't view us as worthy enough to know how they've approached this or what they've done. It, mm. It's the same with Mike Ashley and Newcastle United over the last 13 years. Newcastle have done loads of things wrong, but some of the worst accusations, mental stuff like, remember Alan Pardew got the manager's job because he had a gambling debt and weird stuff like that. <laughs> Those kind of conspiracy theories grow in silence without information yeah. and proper information and communication. Well, and it's a great point. It's a great point, Alex, and it's something I've said before, and it's, I, will, I, will, I will always have a measure of empathy for Newcastle managers, whoever they are, and certainly it's the case with Steve Bruce now, that they're left to swing. They're left to swing absolutely on their own. And again, we, you know, we've talked about it on here, about how Lee Charnley said this season that he would communicate more, and there's been none of it. And so the manager always gets left in a position where... What they say is is you know is examined to the nth degree, to a you know to a point where it becomes almost becomes meaningless, and you know they're always going to con- contradict themselves if they do that because they get no protection from anyone around them at the club. And uh, again, 
a club isn't about one person. It's not just about the manager. It doesn't have to be this sort of one personality who is hailed for being a genius or held for being a clown. There should be some middle ground in which everybody everybody is talking. And that is a big problem. And it is that communication. It's that communication part of it. It should be the easiest part of the job. It honestly should. It should be easy to talk to people. And Newcastle have made it the hardest thing of all. And again, in this again in this in this saga, it's been the most difficult thing of all. And it has allowed conspiracy theories. It's allowed other people to come into the to step into the vacuum and it's allowed some of the worst, you know, conspiracy theories of all to sort of fester. And None of that is healthy, and all of it is counterproductive. Mm. I've said before on this podcast as well that this should be a piece of piss for someone who's apparently a brilliant salesman, but it's just never been the case, has it? And and I've yeah. made the point before on the podcast that it, it, it feels like such an open goal, but it's just never been put away. We just can't get across the line, can we, George? Do you know what I mean? No, it's no, just this, no. That's how it feels, and it's the frustration of that. And the lack of communication is just... Like you say, Alex, it's almost the kind of well, you know, you're not you're not important enough to know about this stuff. So I don't know what you're going on about. Just just keep giving us your money, shut your face, and fill the stadium, and do as and you know do as you're told, and that's it. And it it, it it's just this sort of belittling feeling of football fans, and it, it it just keeps coming back again and again and again. Do you like beer? Do you like free beer? As a valued listener, we'd like to bestow upon you just that. Thanks to our very good pals at Beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash Tyne and cover the postage of just four ninety five. And if that wasn't enough, as a listener, put on the Tyne. Taylor, what, Taylor. What, George? What? Is this about cans? Are you, te- are you, are you is this seriously about cans? Are you, are sorry, you man, trying... Are you trying to take the piss out of every the, single Newcastle fans listening to this? I just get the scripts and I read them, man. I don't. I, I didn't. Is choose there it. no fee, Is there no thought to your audience here? Because this is. I mean, this is outrageous. Do you know what? I've been feeling tired. I've been feeling depressed, and now I just feel absolutely bloody furious again. <laughs> God, carry on. I am sorry. I am sorry. I, I should really have thought about this, shouldn't I, before I started reading about beers and cans and things. Um, <sighs> As if that wasn't enough, as a listener, pot on the tiny, you'll get two extra free beers. So that's 10 free beers. 10 free beers, George. What would you do with that? Uh, beer no 52. to drink them now. <laughs> beer 52 are beer pioneers. Uh, they traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from a great small batch breweries that planet Earth has to offer. No surprise then that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 delivers a case with a different theme, and themes have included things such as Germany, Korea, Belgium, South Africa, California, New Zealand, despair, misery, embarrassment, uh, and lots of other things. <laughs> Many more, but they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK beer company, uh, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beat you beer 52 is that you can leave at any time and withdraw your bid. The power is in your hands, as well as the, the best, most interesting bid. beer company. <laughs> bid, you cans. <laughs> oh, no. I have to, <laughs> to do this all over again. 
pull it together, George. The beauty of beer 52 is that you can leave it any time. The power is in your hands, as well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy. Your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in just to top it all off. If you don't like dark beers, you can choose the light plan. It's as easy as that. Just go to beer52.com forward slash Tyne and get your case free. And don't forget, right now, pod on the Tyne listeners, get two extra free beers to drown their sorrows. Take care. That's one of the key things that this conversation I had with Amanda on Saturday night. One of the just key things I'll always remember about it, assuming I don't get the chance to speak to her again, um, is, is that she massively talked up not just the football club in the area but she massively talked us up as fans that to her one of the most incredible things about what they were trying to do was the supporters and it's so it was so refreshing to hear us viewed as this massive positive rather than a massive negative uh, which which is how it's come across at times from the people who are in the club now we are the biggest asset, and that's what she said. We are the biggest asset of this football club, and it just—it's so refreshing. And it shouldn't be. It should be this. Well, yeah, obviously we know that. <laughs> yeah, um, but it wasn't. It was. It was like I was like, wow, and like you know, it, it was just—it's so sad because we're, we're here talking about this on this podcast because it—it it hasn't gone through. It's so sad that someone—if it—if it doesn't get rescued—that someone with that passion for not just the everything, you know, not just the. The, almost the assets of the club, the actual who the club is this for, to be passionate about them would just would just be such a, a welcome breath of fresh air compared to what we've had. And that's, you know, it's sad, really. It's sad that it's turned out the way it has and, it, you know, it's gone the way it's gone. One thing that I do want to clarify is something that I've kind of been asked about a few times in Twitter and it's something that, you know, I've then asked about is, is could the deal not come back in a different form, i.e. without PIF and with the Rubin brothers in the... In the leading role, as we as we know, as we know, they're immensely wealthy. But that that's just that's just not part of the equation at the minute because they are committed. They're committed to this deal. They're committed to this group and the way it's been formulated. And so that's just not something that's on the table. Um, we did see. I mean, it was quite difficult to read some of that stuff that the race course talked about yesterday sort of in the statement yeah. released kind of on behalf of the Rubin brothers in which they talked about some of the projects that were sort of on on the go what they were considering about having a major sporting hub in the city and kind of the investment that would have entailed and I think that is the thing I mean at this stage it's easy to talk about what they would have done at the point when they're not going to do it but I think the real crash for me is that is that sense that there was a chance to do something Yes, that would have been absolutely uh, transformative for the club and the way the club acted and the way the club was in relation to the city and the people in the city, but also that there would have been those kind of knock-on effects um, around the place. So, I mean, I'd, I to answer my own question, how do we, how are we supposed to feel? I can't. I find it so difficult to yeah. to come to a resolution. I think sort of mentally, when that all happened on. Uh, Thursday and Friday my response was okay fine we're moving you know it's it's I not not fine it's done. at all move on. it's yeah. done let's move on this has been four months in this bit of the process it's been a year 14 months in terms of having conversations um with the people involved and you know beyond that it's three years 
and it's just time you know we we don't want this to be the case but we have to just focus back on the now and hope that the club can find a way to kind of muddle through again and um and then sort of as those days have kind of gone on and you know it's it's apparent that they haven't uh, that they haven't gone away and that there is this move to put pressure on the premier league and there is this restating of a commitment to the to a deal that is no longer on the table. I mean, that's the sort of bizarre thing. That's the thing that I think I find it difficult to get my head around. How you get from a position where you've withdrawn from from the deal but are still committed to it, and what is it therefore that where does the logjam get sort of unplugged? Where where does that happen? Is it by the Premier League now saying, okay, well, we're going to back down. We'll we'll compromise on what we're asking for. Is that is that or is it about putting pressure on the you know politicians or whoever putting pressure on the Premier League to let it go through? I I just struggle to to sort of see that. And I as as I say, I'm I'm certainly guilty by association, if nothing else, of giving people uh, false hope over the last four months. Um, and I'm very I'm I'm very conscious of not wanting to go go down that route until i know for definite that something is is on the cards equally i don't blame people i don't blame people for fighting for it at all because you know the the alternative is very difficult to bear but i have to say that my feeling is still one of sort of tiredness and an assumption that this is where we'll be for the foreseeable future i hope i'm wrong on that but i think for, for the good of my own uh sort of sanity i think i have to sort of assume that we're going to be uh stuck in this position yeah, unfortunately, chaps, um, time is no longer our friend and we're going to have to start thinking about wrapping this up now. Um, just before we do, though, I just want to say to you, Alex, um, you know, keep it up, mate. Keep the keep up, keep fighting the good fight. Uh, keep doing what you're doing and get the word out about the, the trust and, and anything that we can do or anything I can do to help as well. Just let me know and, and you know, we'll, we'll definitely be on board and we'll be involved. Um, I, it's going to be a weird... It's going to be a weird couple of months, I think, this next few months, and we'll see what happens. But thanks so much for coming on and, and, and for the information and for and for doing everything that you're doing at the moment. I'm, I mean, I only speak on behalf of myself, not everybody else, but it, it is important. Whoa, hello. Bit of jazz there. That's what, that? that's what That's what happens. That's me. That's what happens if you look at Twitter. I was just looking at Twitter then. It went to a, <laughs> but it went, it went to the Independence <laughs> website and it played a video. Mm. So I'm sorry. I really See apologize. me trying to be all sort of... <laughs> I was bored, Taylor. Oh, okay. I don't blame you, mate, to be honest. I've talked absolute shit. I was just saying... If it... um... Oh, my God, it's doing it again. I've done it again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> there we go. I had to get off this Twitter page. You just don't like anybody <laughs> else having a voice on this podcast, Colgan, isn't it? That's oh, what it I'm is. Sorry. See, you've I managed to get rid of Chris. Where else. is he? He's not even on holidays. He's in a bin bag somewhere. That's what it is. Shall I tell you, shall I tell you what he's doing? He's getting married What's today. What's he doing? He's getting married. Yeah, I don't know if Today. I should say that or not, but but I have, yeah. And you didn't get an invite. Well, he couldn't have a wedding, could he? Couldn't have a proper wedding. <laughs> couldn't have a proper wedding. What's he? What's he doing? Well, you're not allowed. Just... Well, you're not allowed. You're not, not allowed, allowed to have a big proper wedding, are you? Well, you're not allowed to have oh, big right. proper weddings with loads of people there, are you? Because of social distancing and all that, and the corona. So he's having to do a little one. He's having he's having to do a little two, one. Two and then... closest friends in the world. Me and you might have got an invite. No, there's no one there. He's just it's <laughs> oh. just him and his bride eating sausages. Reception in Greg's. Absolutely. So, congratulations, Waffles. Oh, I've I've blown your cover. I don't know whether, I'm, I don't know if you'll appreciate that at all. But um, we we love you very much, and we're very proud of you. We do. We and do. 
Alex, Taylor did say all that very nice stuff, which I completely interrupted, and I apologise. But please remind us uh, how fans can go about joining the Trust, please. Yeah, you can head to the Trust website, which is nufctrust.co.uk. Hit join. You pay £1 for a share, which lasts for life, and then there's an annual membership of £1. You can also find us on social media uh, at nufctrust. We would absolutely love to have you along, and every single member makes us stronger. Your voice really matters as a Newcastle United fan, and the best chance we think of you getting your voice heard is through us. We're stronger together. And thanks, lads, for having me on the show. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely, Alex. No problem. We'd be happy to have you back anytime. Come back and speak to us soon, yeah? Definitely. Great stuff. George, thanks very much, mate. You all right? All right. Look after yourself. Get back to your independent article on Twitter. <laughs> oh, it was about the ta- it was about the takeover, so I thought I'll I'll just have a little look just to make sure there's nothing oh, important. Right. In that. Oh, I, I feel see. bad. I feel terrible now. I've ruined everything. Oh, and and so you should time. hang your head. Disgraceful behaviour. Uh, anyway, thanks very much everybody for listening. Uh, look after yourselves out there, and of course, get yourselves onto theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle Pod to take advantage of that thirty-day free trial and read all of those lovely articles uh, for free at the moment. Especially that one that uh, Alex was talking about earlier on about Amanda Staveley and her call to arms for Newcastle United fans. Look after yourselves. Take care, and it is very much a case of what happens next. See you later. Mm-hmm.